Well, hello and welcome to this Pensions Expert podcast. My name is Nick Reeve and I'm a journalist with Rotic Media and your host for this episode. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a profound effect on how we live our lives and indeed it is continuing to do so. For many, however, it has also had an effect on how they save for the future. Women, people with disabilities, non-white people and carers are all among those who have seen their employment and so their ability to save heavily affected by COVID-19. Now Pensions has teamed up with the Pensions Policy Institute to investigate this problem and how the government and the retirement industry can help these groups of people afford a comfortable retirement. Joining me to explain the research are two of the people who made it happen. Samantha Gold is Head of Campaigns at Now Pensions and author of the report, and Lauren Wilkinson is a Senior Policy Researcher at the Pensions Policy Institute. So I'm going to come to uh, Samantha for the first question, if that's okay. Can you talk us through what is the underpensioned problem in the UK and how big is it? Our research with the PPI has shown that there are now 2.8 million people who are excluded from auto-enrolment workplace saving, and that is up from 2.5 million people in 2020. And these groups of people, so there's eight groups we've identified, so it includes women, single mothers, divorced women, carers, people with disabilities, ethnic minorities, the self-employed and multiple job holders, and they have pension wealth just 15% of the UK average which ultimately means that they have huge saving gaps um, compared to, you know, the UK average. And what we what that translates to is that millions of people every year are retiring into pension of poverty. So we have created this report with the PPI to look at and identify ways that the government and people can help to close some of these gaps to ensure that people are retiring with a comfortable lifestyle. Underpensioned groups, the ones that we've identified, are less likely to have any private pension savings at all. And among those that do have savings, their levels of wealth and income, as Sam said, are much lower than the population average. So what we found is that with the exception of multiple job holders, those in these underpensioned groups are less likely to have any private pension savings, as we've said, and much lower levels for those that do. And one of the really interesting things that we found was actually that for some groups, for example, those from minority ethnic backgrounds and those in the self-employed group, their median private pension wealth is actually at zero because less than half of them have any private pension savings at all. So this is clearly a key concern when we want to make sure that most people are achieving more adequate retirement outcomes in the future. Quite extraordinary that actually. And this was the situation kind of before the pandemic. So could you explain to us kind of how the pandemic has made that situation even worse for those people? So what we've seen is that a lot of the negative labour market consequences of the pandemic, so furlough, unemployment, um, reduction in income and hours, those have hit particularly hard on these underpensioned groups. So particularly those from non-white backgrounds and also women, even those who've been able to stay and work and not be furloughed, we've seen more of them spending more of their paid hours providing childcare, providing homeschooling, and this could have an impact on their career progress going forward if this is more of a long-term arrangement. There are positives that we can see, so that flexibility of remote working could potentially help more women to get back into the workforce sooner after having children. But as I said, you know, that does need to be monitored over the longer term to see whether there are longer-term impacts on their career progression. The concerns that we have is that some of these negative labour market impacts could be more long term. So these groups will need particular support to recover from the pandemic, more so than those groups that haven't been so affected by the negative labour market impacts. 
our report shows that part-time work has been a huge issue for particularly women in the past. So obviously how water enrolment works is that you have to be earning the £10,000 threshold to be automatically enrolled. So what we find is that women might have multiple part-time jobs to work around their current caring responsibilities. But because they're not earning that £10,000 in a single role, it means that they're excluded. So there's three times the amount of women who work part-time compared to men. And also our research shows that one in five working women are not hitting that £10,000 auto-enrolment figure. But as Lauren said, we, we don't like to be too do, doom and gloom in the report. So actually, I have a whole chapter in there called Good News. And flexible working is actually a huge benefit to a lot of these groups. So Lauren's data shows that there are now more women working full time than ever before because they're able to work flexibly full time around their current caring responsibilities and also groups such as people with disabilities. So if they don't have the accessibility issues with, you know, travelling into an office and can work full time from home, then again, it opens up the labour market for them. So actually through kind of the use of flexible working, we're seeing the job market open for a lot of these groups that previously weren't able to. And you've been touching there on the differences between those groups. I wonder if we could explore a little bit more about the different factors that affect those different groups that have perhaps been exacerbated a bit by by the uh, the pandemics of flexible working, obviously being a very good thing. But are there particular issues that affect, for example, carers or, or ethnic minorities that um, people might not necessarily be aware of? So the key difference that we see between groups is whether the lower levels of um, of employment and the higher levels of part-time work, lower incomes, whether those are associated with a supply issue. So for example, with those who have disabilities, those who are carers, who are less able to spend more time in the labour market, particularly under the current circumstances, as we've said, with low flexibility. Um, And that can also affect women. But for other groups, looking at particularly those from minority ethnic backgrounds, whether that's more of a cultural thing, whether there are different kinds of initiatives that might need to be brought in to encourage higher levels of employment among those groups to enable greater engagement with the labour market because that's clearly not a supply issue they're able to be in the labour market but it's understanding how we can support them to increase incomes and increase longer term labour market engagement but a lot of the the kind of negative impacts that are experienced by these groups are really quite similar across the board so the two that we see being the most important as we've talked about quite a bit the labour market inequalities are the key when we're looking at actually what determines these less positive retirement outcomes. The other one that we pick up in the report is housing market inequality. So across the board in these groups, they're less likely to own their own home. For those that do own their own home, they're more likely to still be paying off a mortgage when they reach retirement. And not only does that eat into their already lower retirement incomes, but also it means that there's less housing security, which is a big concern as they reach older ages. And also these these groups will typically not be homeowners, which means that they are renting. And of course, that mean again, lack of home security, but also a huge amount of their income will be spent on things such as rent um, rather than, you know, being able to put money aside. And I think with the lockdown and the pandemic over the last 18 months, so we had three national lockdowns, you know, and four school closures. And, you know, for working parents, especially single mothers, they're the sole carers and sole earners in a household. So they were faced with impossible decision of requesting furlough or having to not work altogether and I think that is something that put them at a huge disadvantage 
And we know that there's over 300,000 single mums who currently don't um, qualify for auto-enrolment. And um, that just leads to, you know, poorer retirement outcomes for, for these groups. But again, you know, I'm trying to think of positives. I just think, again, flexible working. Well, obviously, we're kind of enforced home working at the moment as we approach Christmas. But um it then you know the more that we can support people to work full time from home will open up the job market for a lot of these people and you know help them to kind of support the day to day and then think about saving for their longer term future so let's try and finish on on that positive note as you said what are the action points from this report that people can can take forward from this uh, samantha do you want to start on that now pensions, we're lobbying the government to make some key policy changes, which we think would help to considerably close these gaps. So one of them is to remove the £10,000 threshold, and that would actually get the 2.8 million of our underpension groups saving into the UK. And that is something that was part of the 2017 AE review recommendations. So we are just purely putting more pressure on to make it happen a bit quicker. And secondly, is to start saving from the very first pound of earnings. So at the moment, uh, pension contributions are taken once the first £6,240 are taken off. So actually, if you're earning between, if say you're just over that £10,000 threshold, actually the first £6,200 are taken off. So actually your pension contributions are only on the remaining £3,000. So we want the, as soon as somebody enters work, for pension contributions to be taken from all of their earnings. And then that could increase their pension wealth for some groups as much as 52%. Um, but for single mothers, I think that's over 100%. So that's the two key policy proposals that we are really pushing on and lobbying the government for. But also for employers, I think the wide adoption and acceptance of flexible working is clearly paying off for a lot of these groups and opening up the jobs market to them. So again, we encourage um, flexible working for, you know, where possible, obviously, for some industries such as hospitality, um, that would be quite a difficult task. But where possible, it'd be great to see broader adoption of flexible working. And then for the members themselves, in our guide, we actually have a page for top tips to saving and helping to close these pension gaps if they are part of these under pension groups. So there's things such as, you know, if you're earning under the £10,000, you can actually ask your employer to be opted in. And also, are you ensuring if you are opted in that you're paying in as much as you can afford to, you know, workplace pension saving is a great way to save for your long term finances and later life because as well as your own contributions you've obviously got your employer contributing on top and then tax relief from the government so it's actually a very cost effective and efficient way to save for your later life. And Lauren what's the 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 PPI's perspective? So the PPI we don't lobby for any particular policy action but what's really important to us is providing the evidence to make sure that policies that are in place are based on proper evidence and will support groups in the way they need so The crisis has really provided a unique opportunity for us to observe how these types of economic crises can affect members of underpensioned groups and really helping us to develop a deeper understanding of the way in which these changes in the labour market 
can impact future outcomes of underpension groups and help to ensure that those policies are designed in a way that will support them best to most effectively achieve better outcomes. So it's it's really something that we're working on to observe over time. So this will be an annual report that we'll be doing sponsored by Now Pensions to make sure that we're seeing how these changes develop. And there are a few kind of key takeaways for us from this year's report. So particularly around making sure that policies understand the disproportionate way that these groups have been negatively impacted in the labour market to make sure that they're supported as much as possible to recover as quickly as possible. We know from last year's report that labour market inequalities are the greatest contributor to poorer retirement outcomes experienced by these groups. So without additional support to help them recover from the pandemic, we're likely to see those gaps growing. So this is really important. Um, It's also important that we monitor over time how economic recovery is going, because at times this year it's been appearing to move in the right direction, but we saw the furlough scheme end in September, and it's unclear how that's going to impact unemployment going forward and longer term kind of economic scarring on the labour market, and whether that will impact underpension groups more than others. And again, will we see the gaps growing because of that? So for us, it's all about monitoring over the longer term, seeing how this develops and making sure that we're filling that gap to make sure that policies are put in place to support these groups as effectively as possible. Great. Well, thank you both very much, uh, Samantha and Lauren, for joining us. And uh, if you'd like to download that research, it's available uh, free to download at fairpensionsforall.com. And I urge you to do so. It's a really interesting uh, piece of research. But thank you very much, uh, Samantha and Lauren, and thank you very much for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.